It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11, 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I play football. Coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. fantastic and I just want to reiterate that if anyone's worried about a loss to the Lions um, just remember there is a pre in preseason this doesn't matter quite yet no it, it definitely isn't I I have a I have a buddy that was like oh well preseason's garbage you know he was he was he's a, a curmudgeon anyway but he was like you know preseason you know I mean it's not even worth watching well it is worth watching to evaluate talent and that is the main reason that I watch every single down of the preseason. And there is some great talent out there. And there's some question marks. And we're going to talk to, 
talk about that tonight on the six-pack of Factor Fiction. But you know what? Before we get to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I want to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates. And we know that uh, Zach is on the West Coast, and you got a chance to check out the Pirates this weekend in Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, Brian, it wasn't too bad here as we're closing out the uh, three-game series for all of our dual Steeler and Bucko fans, which if you're a Steeler fan, you might as well be a Bucko fan because this team has some real potential. Now they're sitting three games above 500, uh, a half game out of that wild card spot out of taking two of three from the Dodgers, a dominant win today, 11 to three. I mean, this is one of the best, uh, you know, rotations in baseball right now. And the Pirates seem to manhandle them a little bit, scoring 16 runs. Uh, in their two wins, which has really been fantastic for them. Uh, so let's hope the Pirates can turn some stuff around and end up in that wild card spot. I know, Brian, you and I were texting earlier today, Giancarlo Stanton down for the Marlins gives more opportunity to the Buccos. Yeah, it's the dog days of August, and uh, that seems to happen to the Miami Marlins a lot. That's happened two times in the last three years with Giancarlo going down. And, you know, you never want to see a guy lost to injury, but it is an opportunity for Pittsburgh to run away and get into that second spot and see what they can do in the playoff. And one of the main reasons that I brought that up is you have, I mean, what was Dodger Stadium like the, the past couple of days? Beautiful out there? You're just hanging out at the ballpark? Yeah, you know, I mean, it it was a scorcher today, Brian. I, I, I won't lie to you. You know, mid-90s uh, at the time of first pitch is never a very enjoyable atmosphere to watch baseball, especially in a, you know, in a place where dry heat is common here in Los Angeles. Today was gross. But I, I will tell you this, um, you know, Clint Hurdle and club look just very confident. I mean, I, in the first inning alone, there were five runs today. Uh, guys are coming out and really, you know, putting the ball into play and also just making some great fielding plays as well. Uh, Josh Harrison had a couple. He had a drop uh, diving catch of his today, but he also had some phenomenal turn two opportunities. Um, the Bucks look good. I, I really mean it. I think that they could do something really special if Garrett Cole can get his magic back um, and Talion keeps throwing shutouts the way he's been doing the last couple of starts here for himself. Um, you know, the future's bright for them. I think that there's a lot to be happy about. Hell, Jordy Mercer looks fantastic on the batting side right now. He's batting 290 right now after today's game. Um, not a whole lot of people talking about him, but he's been one of the underrated guys here in Pittsburgh. I agree. The future is definitely bright for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and you know the future is bright for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're going to talk about them. I'm glad you had a chance to see baseball this weekend. While you were at Dodger Stadium, I had an even better weekend. I went to Sam's Club with my wife, and, uh, you know, samples galore. So, you know, <laughs> it, it was like, uh, I'm just winning right now. But <laughs> Hey, you know what? Well, Sam's Club's kind of fantastic, though. You've got to enjoy a wholesale club like that or Costco. You can buy anything in, in bulk there. there. There's a great scene in Family Guy where uh, Peter Griffin goes to buy uh, stuff at Costco and ends up buying watermelons in bulk, like a pack of four watermelons. There was a, there was actually a Seinfeld where he went to a price club uh, where uh, Kramer did it a few years ago. But I digress. I guess we should rip open the six-pack and uh, talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've had a lot of fun talking about the Pirates, talking about uh, uh, Sam's Club, <laughs> talking about uh, <laughs> Family Guy and Seinfeld. But, you know, let's get on to it. And, uh, you know, Fact or fiction, you know what it's all about. We've been doing it for about six or seven weeks now. It's where Zach and I, we respond to bold statements regarding the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're going to label them as fact or fiction. And you know our views are never going to coincide with each other. Um, We just agree to disagree, and that is the great part of the show. So if you want to join in the verbal rumble, you can. And you can call 347-850-8581. But please wait till the end of the show and we will, we will open up the forum to you. The show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law. Yeah, Frank Walker Law, one of the top dominant criminal defense firms to call in Western Pennsylvania and Western Virginia, Brian, and home to one of the nation's top 100 ranked trials attorneys in Frank Walker. For his Pennsylvania office, call 412-212-3878. Or to reach his West Virginia office, call 
2089. You should also check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com, to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. The show is also sponsored, Brian, by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them at centerfieldsmoke.com. Very good. Now, let us get it on. And the first question of the Factor Fiction tonight is one that a lot of people are up in arms about and very well should be. Let's get to tight end free agent signee in the offseason, Ladarius Green. Zach, fact or fiction, Ladarius Green will never play a down in Pittsburgh. Will never play a down in Pittsburgh. Fiction. Straight up, the man is going to. Listen, he gets a very, very large, sizable contract, um, you know, especially for a guy of his caliber, a tight end who really hasn't shown, uh, you know, that he can be the number one guy at that position uh, because he's been overshadowed by Antonio Gates his whole career in San Diego. I will tell you this. These headaches that he is having, you know, are are definitely a concern. But they need to be evaluated, and I think eventually we're going to see this guy suit up. Now, whether it's in week one or week five or week ten, that is yet to be seen. But he's going to play a down. There's simply no way the Steelers can can let these contractors go for nothing because this is somebody who, for the longest time, has identified himself – you know, as being an elite receiving tight end. That's what he thinks he is in his own mind. Now, whether or not Steeler Nation or anybody else would like to agree with him is, is up to them, but I will tell you this. Green might have some health concerns, but everybody in this league at one point or another has had some sort of health concern. And I know the whole league standpoint, and I'm sure, Brian, you can agree with me on this, has just been revamped on concussions in the last couple of years. Uh, because we've seen so much of the harm that it can do and new, sort, and, you know, new studies and science is coming out to tell us that, yeah, running full speed at somebody with a bunch of pads is a terrible idea, especially when your heads are going to be colliding. The, the bottom line is this. Green is getting paid a lot of money to do one thing and one thing only, play the tight end position for the Steelers. He's going to end up doing it. It might not be right away. They need to make sure he's okay first, but I think he will. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm really confident on that, Brian. I, I think that this is a guy that, you know, if the Steelers were that, you know, concerned with the health element with him, he would have been cut by now. I, I really think he would have been cut, and they would have tried to make out with as much of the signing bonus as they could, uh, you know, as in the case with Aaron Hernandez, um, you know, who, who had a very obviously different situation, but something, you know, that he was holding back from the team too. Also, Brian, I, I want to ask you, but before I get to your, your fact or fiction answer, I want to know, do you think it's wrong that he kind of withheld this from the Steelers? Because I, I think it's definitely a, a, a thing from an ethical standpoint where it could be considered wrong, but I will tell you from a money-making player perspective, this makes all the sense in the world. Why not take – you know, because if you tell them you have head issues, there's a chance of you getting a lot less. I mean, do you do you have a problem with that? You know, if I'm on a job interview, I don't know if I'm disclosing the fact that I get migraines. I don't know if I'm disclosing the fact that I had any health issues in the past because, you know, even though they they really can't, they really shouldn't hold that against you, they do. In the NFL, I mean – you know, I have a feeling that Ladarius Green was not really intentionally withholding it. I fear, I feel that Ladarius Green thought he was going to get better, thought that it was going to be taken care of, the offseason would help, um, and he would be fine. But it's a lingering problem, and that is what is getting Ladarius Green into this position where he might not have a job. Now, I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to pull the plug, but do I think he's going to play in Pittsburgh? No, I don't. And the reason being, I'm listening to uh, guys like Mike Florio coming out and saying, this guy's probably going to retire. That's, that, that's what they're thinking about. And with, with there being no timetable for him to return, with Mike Tomlin refusing to even talk about it, I'm worried that something, something drastic is going to happen on the other end. And you have a guy that's 26 years old. He needs to live a productive life. 
And there comes a point, and we're seeing it a lot more in the NFL, where guys are saying, hey, it's not worth it. I've, I'm going to uh, just enjoy the time that I had in the NFL, and uh, I'm going to take that with me, but I'm going to go live a productive, long life and not get hit in the head anymore. And I have a feeling that Ladarius Green, no matter what, what the money is on the other side, isn't going to do it. And I have a feeling that he is going to sit down and we are not going to have his services at all in Pittsburgh. And, you know, if that's the case, Brian, if this is a guy who walks away, can, can you really blame him, you know, at the end of the day? No. Like, if, if, if risk is so great, you know, that, that he could potentially have some life-threatening, you know, head injuries to himself or, you know, inhibit his way of living, I, I don't mind it. But here's the thing. I think we don't have an idea of how severe this is. I think – a lot of this is speculation right now, you know, especially from Florio saying that, that the guy might retire and all this stuff. You know, we've seen a lot of athletes have head trauma or head issues and then eventually come back to play. I mean, it, it's just a thing that happens in this game. So for me, I want to see how the next couple of weeks play out before I'm ready to write him off. So I'm going to stay optimistic and say that he's going to play. You know, I agree with you that uh, that he might, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I I really don't at this point. But uh, what we'll do is we will see what is going to happen here in Pittsburgh. Let's go on to number two real quick, Zach. Despite decent performances by Ricardo Matthews, L.J. Fort, and Duran Grant, the Steelers, the Steelers helped his cause the most Friday night was that of Daryl Richardson, the running back. You know, I, I go with fact on this one. I mean, the guy was 11 for, you know, with 11 carries for 44 yards. Uh, he, he was, you know, seemed to be doing a, a pretty decent job at, at finding those holes uh, in the opportunity, you know, in the defensive line there uh, that Detroit had out. But granted, you know, like, I, I don't know how much faith you can put into this guy. I mean, you know, some people are saying that he could be a potential replacement for Fitzgerald Toussaint. Uh, but this is a guy we haven't seen a whole lot from, you know, like he, he's had over a six year career. I mean, he barely has 700 yards. Um, and, you know, he's come out of a very, very small school in Abilene Christian uh, where he really didn't get the experience to play against different, uh, you know, the certain competition that was necessary to make it in the NFL. He's 5'11", 195 pounds. There's a little bit of worry about him being a little undersized. Um, but, you know, he, he's quick. He seems to, you know, have the right intuition as a running back. I go with back just because there weren't a whole lot of other dominant performances other than, you know, my man's Landry Jones, who was looking a little <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers, slinging it around 6-12. Um, but, no, I, I mean, listen, Richardson was clearly the standout if you take a look at the box score. But at the end of the day, I mean, is it enough to warrant him a spot on a 52-man roster? I, I don't think so. Well, you know what, Zach, I'm uh, going to say that this is fact that he really helped himself because I really wasn't thinking much about this guy. And, you know, he played uh, well with the Rams, uh, especially two years ago. But, you know, what happened there, everybody in St. Louis uh, on a running back standpoint was getting injured, and he, and he did too. But he has a chance now to really – make a name for himself, and I really like what he did the other night. So what I did, I, I sat down and watched the game again um, this afternoon, which uh, sometimes with a, with a preseason game, that's pretty tough, but I just wanted to see exactly what was going on. I looked at Richardson. He was explosive off of the ball. He, uh, he was catching the ball. He was uh, having good runs. He had a, you know decent-sized runs uh, a couple chunks at a time. I thought that, that he looked pretty good, and he was a nice surprise for me. I think he's going to give Fitz Toussaint uh, a run for his money, and I think he's a perfect third down back for that team that nobody thought of. So I would look for number 38 in Pittsburgh to be the third down back and make the 53-man roster. Now, when we're talking about Ricardo Matthews, L.J. Fort, and Duran Grant, they all help their uh, help themselves by being all over the field on defense the other night. And, uh, but I think it remains to be seen. They need to do a whole lot more. But as far as the running back Richardson, I think he's going to stick, and I think you're going to know his name. 
You know, it, it would be certainly very nice to have him in in the third down opportunities, but I still like a seasoned, you know, real veteran like Toussaint over that. By the way, Brian, you, you watch the game a second time. How can you watch preseason football twice? I can barely watch it once. I'm dedicated to this craft. <laughs> I, I love the You're not even believing that, are you? <laughs> I, I, I listen. I, I love the dedication to the bit, but at the same time, like we didn't even see Roethlisberger, or Brown, or Bell, or anyone of importance. Like, come on. And I'm fine with that, and I'll get to that in my final fact. But uh, as far as everything goes, I want to see auditions. I want to see these guys get out and get a chance to play and what uh, and what they're all about. I, look, I kept on looking for Javon Hargrave, and that was the guy that I wanted to see how he was doing. And, you know, he, he showed off his speed at, uh, on the defensive line, and I, I was uh, really optimistic about him. But I'm watching some other guys, and we're going to get to another guy at number three, our next fact, that I was disappointed in. And there's, there's a few of them that I was like, wow. I thought they were going to show something and were really relying on these guys this year, and, and uh, they were disappointing. So I really feel that there's some guys that need to step up their game. And so with that, let's go to number three. Wide receiver Sammy Coates' stock has dropped after the first preseason contest against Detroit. Um, or fiction? Listen, Brian, I, I'm, I'm big on this being fiction, and – and it's similar to what we were saying last week. Listen, I think that this kid just needs the reps. He, he needs the, you know, the, the time to really develop and, you know, to get these opportunities with him. You know, like the man was targeted four times. He only, you know, like he, he had three nice catches. I, I didn't think that he utilized the open field as much as he could have. There were a lot of chances, uh, you know, especially since two of those were for less than five yards. Um, you know, there were some moments where you're just hoping that he can get away from that first hit or make that extra step to get away from defenders. And, and it's not happening for him right now. Well, guess what? This is going to be something that he needs to adapt to, and it's going to be much easier when on the other side of the field you have a healthy Antonio Brown who everybody in this league is looking to double cover right now. So you're going to put him into single coverage, and you're going to give Coates the opportunity to shine, and he's going to catch those balls when they're thrown his way. Uh, listen, we had the whole debate last week about whether or not this guy, you know, has any sort of remnants to Limus Swede. And, like, I think, you know, you take a look at him and, you know, you see the drops and, you know, you see maybe, you know, not the sharpest cuts. And, and everybody is so quick to get on the bandwagon of, oh, this guy's not going to be any good. I don't have any faith in him. How, why the hell does Martavis have to smoke pot? Like, all this different stuff. <laughs> the, the bottom line is, is – this kid, he is a kid. He needs time. He needs some time, and he needs the reps there at the position, and that's what he's going to get this year, and that's why I'm really, really excited for him. Listen, the dude's only in his second season. Give him a bit of a break. I think he has the chance to be a very solid number two option against Brown, so I go with fiction. You know what? I'm going to go with fiction myself, but I'm going to preface that with you know, there's a little bit of shine off of him when you talk about two fumbles. Those, the, dropping the ball like that. Now, he caught the ball well. He was running decent routes. I mean, he looked decent out there. But when you get hit and drop the ball twice on four, on four opportunities, you know, that's, that's a, a red flag for me. That, you know, back when he was drafted in 2015, that's what they were saying, that uh, he had trouble – with his hands holding onto the ball, but you know, it seemed like he held onto the ball well when he caught it, but he couldn't keep it, and that's a big problem, and that's something we are not used to in Pittsburgh. You look around, there's not a lot of fumbles on that offensive side of the ball in the past couple of years, especially when you have guys like Le'Veon Bell and uh, Antonio Brown that are very sticky-fingered, so you know, that, if you need somebody to step in and be a big number two, that's scary for somebody that's going to drop the ball twice against in, in preseason action. And, and I'm not talking about just, you know, uh, against first-teamers. This was happening late in the second and also in the, uh, the third quarter. So that's a problem for me. 
I'm not saying that his stock has dropped. Very excited about this guy. He's going to contribute. He has to contribute, but he has to hold on to that ball. So I think they should uh, they should uh, treat him like a young Mr. Washington in the movie The Program from 1993, and everywhere he goes, he has a football in his hands, and guys are trying to knock it out of his hands. So uh, that, that's my uh, obscure football movie reference, and I think he needs to hold on to the ball. Listen, fumbles are a concern for anybody. You, you don't want to turn the ball over, and that's the easiest way to do it is to just, you know, not maintain possession. Um, so, like, this this is a guy, like I said, he's young. This is going to be something that he's going to be working on in the next couple of weeks in training camp. I'm, I'm willing to make a bet that Coates has two or fewer the entire season to make up for these two that he had just now. Well, I hope you're correct. I am going to agree with you in fiction, and that's the first time I've agreed with you tonight, but I am concerned. And before we go to the break, I want to ask you, have you seen the movie, the program that I have just referenced? I'll be completely honest. I've never even heard of it. How, how oh, gosh. I'm, the program? I'm about to Google it right now. Uh, James Kahn is the head coach of a, uh, a major university on the East Coast, and they have a Heisman favorite at quarterback and uh, who's uh, very self-destructive. It, it, it shows, uh, it's showing the dark side of an NCAA football program. It's, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I remember seeing it in the theater a few times back in 1993, thinking that, you know, this is a heck of a film. And, you know, for me, it, it holds up. So this is something that you need to find, whether you find it online, Redbox, or like uh, find an old VHS at a yard sale. But watch the program. I, I think you'll you'll be uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Brian, here here is my thing with it. So I'm looking at this now on Google. Forty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not good. Which does not <laughs> want me to watch the film. But we I can't live on Rotten Tomatoes alone. I, 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 I check it you, out, but, too, but, but, but just trust old Brian. A, a cast with Omar Epps, James Caan, and Halle Berry. I, I will watch it for Halle Berry. <laughs> James Caan is a legend. Yes, for sure. Although every time I look at him now, I just can't stop thinking about him as Walter from Elf. He, he is just iconicized in that role for me. Oh, you too? You know, when I went to that movie, I went with uh, my sister way back when, when that came out, and she's watching and she goes, hey, that's the guy from Elf. I mean, that's the guy from Vegas. And I'm like, Vegas? No, that's Sonny Corleone. That's, he's from The Godfather. He's not from Vegas? You yeah, but James The guy is from the Godfather. The Godfather. He's not from cool. Elf. He's not from Vegas. He's from The Godfather. And please tell me you've seen The Godfather, because if you haven't, I'm hanging up on you right now. Oh, my God. If I, if I didn't watch The Godfather, I don't think I'd be doing this. <laughs> What's that? I said if I hadn't watched The Godfather, I don't think I could talk about anything ever, because I just would not be well-versed. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> With that being said, we are at the halfway point of the six-pack, having a lot of fun tonight, and we are going to the break with this message from Frank Walker. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. The show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. So we're going to keep on going with the six-pack of fact or fiction. We had a lively first half as we're talking about guys that uh, will be contributing and who might not make the team in 2016, also the uh, concussion conundrum with that of Ladarius Green. So we're going to go into the second half, 
And right now we're going to talk about another battle for uh, supremacy and for a starting role, and that is between Al Villanueva and Ryan Harris. And uh, so what the question is, the fact, number four, free agent tackle Ryan Harris overtakes Al Villanueva as Ben's blindside bodyguard in camp to start the season. Zach, fact or fiction? For, I think to make an educated statement, it's, you know, you, you got to look at, at how many, and I, and I mean how many, because there is a list of guys that have been protecting Ben Roethlisberger's blind spot. There, there is a list that represents, that is probably about as long as the Declaration of Independence. Um, you know, it, it's just thriving with different guys on there. I, you know, I'm very, very intrigued um, to see how this would happen. But for me, I am going with fiction on this. I, I just don't see it happening. Um, you know, there's something to be said about Al Villanueva and how comfortable he and Ben Roethlisberger are together. And that is something that is so important, especially if you're protecting the blind side. These guys read each other. Uh, they know, you know, what their tendencies are, and they know how to communicate effectively, which I think is very important. Uh, and, you know, if, if, if we're sticking on the movie topic here, if you've ever seen, you know, the blind side, I mean, that's one of the things that opens the film is that when you protect the blind side – your relationship with the quarterback is inseparable. And that's the kind of guy that Al Villanueva really, uh, you know, appears to be on a day-to-day basis with Roethlisberger. Um, You know, do I think that there's a chance? Yeah, sure. Why not? There's always a chance. Listen, this guy, Roethlisberger has been protected from, you know, all sides from different guys, including like Kelvin Beecham um, and, you know, a, a number of others. But I really think that Al Villanueva is going to be having that spot on week one and probably towards the end of the season as well. Well, you know, I keep going back and forth on this. And uh, so I'm going to actually agree with you now and say fiction. I have, this is a tough one for me. But if you watched the game, and like I said, I watched it twice, and Al did not have the best night. And uh, he really needs – to improve upon Friday night to continue. Or a guy uh, from a Super Bowl champion, Denver Broncos, Ryan Harris, he is itching to take that spot, and he's very capable of doing so. So Al has to really step up his game. Now, he was heroic last year coming in in week six against Arizona when Kelvin Beecham went down, and he held, he held down the position very well throughout the entire 2015 season and in the playoffs. But it worries me on how bad he was the other night. I mean, there, there were a few times where I was like, oh, gosh, that's, our, that's the guy protecting Ben. And, you know, I know we all know the ability that he has. We all know how good this guy could be. And we all know his story, which is just wonderful. But uh, what I'm happy about with Al Villanueva is Big Al's the kind of guy that he's going to dig deep down, and he's the kind of guy that will recognize that this wasn't his best showing at all as a professional, and uh, I have a feeling that he's going to buckle down and improve upon it. I just uh, It worries me, that performance the other night, which, just like Sammy Coates, I'm worried about uh, the way a few of these guys played, and Al was definitely – a stock down guy the other night, as we've seen on Behind the Steel Curtain um, in articles. But you know, he had that bad night, but I think he's going to start week one. But if any position is truly up for grabs, I think after week one of the preseason, it's left tackle. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's a relationship, you know, that definitely needs that sort of, of symbiosis with it. And if you don't have it, it's simply not going to come. I think that we can see a lot from Villanueva here in the next couple of weeks, especially how, you know, Detroit's pass defense, we always have to remember, you know, Detroit's defensive line was once thought to be uh, one of the more elite ones in the NFL, uh, especially back in the days of Indomitian Sue and Nick Fairley. This was supposed to be a team that was going to be hitting you from all different sides. Um, And, you know, I, I just think it's very interesting for me 
you know, just to be able to see this battle just because the, the list has been so long, as I said before, now we're wondering if it's going to get even longer uh, with Adams here. Well, I, uh, you know, I don't know how long the list really was because Marvell Smith was the guy when Ben first came in and then Al, Al uh, excuse me, not Al, uh, Max Starks took over. And, of course, Kelvin Beach, and there might have been a couple like Mike Adams uh, giving it the old college try in there. Uh, a few others like Trey Essex uh, getting some action. I'm sorry? I said that uh, Ramon Foster took some snaps there as well early uh, back in 2013 and 12. He was in at that left tackle spot too. I mean, there's been a slew of different guys, and, you know, they, they've all had different relationships with Ben. Uh, some who I've been more frustrated with than others. Well, I agree. And uh, like I said uh, in my entire rant there, that I feel that uh, if anybody is going to just dig down deep, it's a guy like Big Al Villanueva. He is, uh, he's an American hero, and he's definitely the kind of guy that is not going to let one game bring him down. So uh, I'm going to agree with you on fiction, and we're going to hope that it improves. And uh, that's definitely – we're going to be looking at number 78 big time on Thursday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now another guy that uh, really needs to step it up is a coach. So number five, Zach – Fact or fiction, 2016 is make-or-break season for secondary coach Carnell Lake. Let me give you one stat of why the answer is fact, okay? Pittsburgh, I would say confidently, and I think you can agree with me on this, Brian, that Pittsburgh, barring injuries and whatnot, was still a top-five team in the league last year. A, a top-five yep. team. That, that's how I would think of them, yes? They were yes. – you know, pretty good in every single statistical category except for passing yards allowed. They were the third worst in the league. This is a team that, you know, seems so firing on all cylinders. And now with Bell Brown and Roethlisberger, you know, you, you never feel like there's a dull moment in the offense. Well, Pittsburgh literally gave up the third most passing yards out of all teams in the National Football League last year, 40 350, 4,350 yards. I mean, can you believe that? For a team that we have been talking about as one of the most elite defenses in football, they gave up that many receiving yards. Uh, you know, th- Never this seen is it a in my lifetime. Problem. Yeah, and you know, this is, this is a definite problem that has been happening for years. The corner situation has always been you know, brought up, and now Artie Burns has been brought in to supposedly solve that problem. Uh, so, you know, you figure Sean Davis in there as well. Uh, You'd like to see some performances from William Gay and whatnot. But, you know, we are gone and out of the era where the Steelers were able to keep a pretty average pass defense intact with guys like DeShay Townsend, uh, you know, and Ricardo Coakley. I I think that there is now a a real issue, and it needs to be solved. And listen, unfortunately, the way it goes in this league is if it's not working, who do you fire first? The coach. You fire the coach, and it's not going to be Mike Tomlin. It's definitely going to be the man in charge of the secondary. Well, I definitely agree with you. This is a definite fact that this is his make-or-break year, and I don't think he's the only coach that it's a make-or-break year. I think uh, Danny Smith, um, special teams coach, definitely needs to uh, have his unit step up this season also. But Cornell Lake is definitely the guy that everybody is looking at. You know, he was an all-pro in Pittsburgh. He was uh, heroic especially in 1995, moving from the safety position, taking over an injured Rod Woodson that year and leading them to the Super Bowl at cornerback, uh, changing his position. He was a, a linebacker in college. He, is a, he was a student of the game. He was just an excellent player. He has a very good mind for, for football, but as a secondary coach, the unit has, has been struggling. So I think if it doesn't happen this year – if guys like Ross Cockrell, William Gay, um, Mike Mitchell, and even guys like Shamarco Thomas and Rob Golden don't step up and greatly improve that team, that uh, we're going to see the last of Carnell Lake in Pittsburgh as a secondary coach. So I will definitely agree. In fact, I love Carnell Lake. I think he's a, a fantastic human being. I think, like I said, one of my favorite all-time players in Pittsburgh, number 37, but uh, as a coach, 
this is definitely the year for him to step it up, or I don't think uh, I think we're going to be wishing him well in his future endeavors. So, Zach, let's move on to number six and uh, the final, the final can in the uh, six-pack of fact or fiction. Despite great backfield production, the Steelers will not boast a 1,000-yard rusher in 2016. Is that a fact or is that fiction? Oh, my goodness. Brian, how do we not have any faith in the man, the myth, the legend, Le'Veon Bell? I'll tell you what. Le'Veon Bell will be a 1,000-yard rusher this season. He's going to miss four games, and he's still going to do it. I'm telling you, he, he is that talented. He is an amazing force on this offense. And I think when he comes back from this suspension, it's going to be four games, like I said a few weeks ago. It's 100% going to happen. But this man is going to be firing out of the gate. Absolutely firing on all cylinders, Brian. I, I swear, like, he, he's probably going to come back more motivated and ready to play than we've ever seen Le'Veon Bell before because this will be his first regular season game back from injury. And now it's only being delayed by something that, you know, he definitely screwed up on, but is totally unrelated to that. Um, I think he's going to do it. And I think it's going to just, it's going to be close. I'm not going to say he's going to smash the, you know, he's going to get out there and absolutely smash a thousand yards, but he is going to get over that mark. I'm confident that Bell's going to do it. What do you think, Brian? Well, you know, I was originally going to say fact, and um, I'm going to stick with that. But uh, your argument was very compelling. Um, what Le'Veon Bell would need would be to average 83.33 yards in those 12 games. But what concerns me with Le'Veon Bell, and I guess I, I never thought of myself as a pessimist before, but maybe that's what's happening now because I am the ultimate uh, optimist, but uh, I just do not know how healthy he's going to remain. Guys are gunning for him. Um, the running back position, we have not seen in the NFL a lot of guys make it an entire 16 games. So with that being said, I don't see that as a possibility for, for him to see, play all 12 games. He might only p- play 10 games, and uh, then at that point he would have to average 100 yards a game, um, and that's, that's pretty tough to do. If anybody could do it, it is Le'Veon Bell, so I agree with you. It's definitely going to be close, but when you have him splitting time with D'Angelo Williams, who is definitely uh, playing for more time in Pittsburgh, who's definitely capable of um, having a thousand yards would have last season. Um, it came so close to it, um, but just did not achieve it. And one of the reasons being the fact that uh, um, Le'Veon was there for for a good bit of the year, and uh, he did sit on the bench during the time when Le'Veon was playing. Did not see much time. So I, you know, I have a feeling I'm looking at this as a point that you might have two 850 yard rushers, and you throw in a third down back like a Fitz Toussaint or a Daryl Richardson, and you, um, that the ball is going to be distributed around um, with the running backs. And I could just see a very good running back season, uh, you know, a top five season, but I think it's going to be spread out, spread out a little more, especially when a guy's losing four games and you just don't know what's going to happen. So it's going to be tight, but I'm just going to say fact. Let me ask you this, though, Brian. You, you brought up the point earlier, you know, he might not play 12 games. You know, let me ask you right now, if he plays 12 games, does he get it? If he plays 12 games, I will say yes. And I will uh, – I based my entire thing that I do not uh, – my entire um, fact on that – the fact that I don't think he's going to play 12 games. But, you know, 83 yards, uh, averaging 83 yards a, a game, I definitely think that he will do that. In fact, he is the team leader in yards per game rushing of all time. That's, uh, I mean, the average. And he's averaging around, if, and, you know, I had this in an article just a couple of weeks back in Stealing History on Behind the Steel Curtain. I believe he's, 
he's the team leader with 81 yards rushing um, for his career. So he's going to come awfully close to it. But uh, when you're looking at an average, there's going to be a lot of uh, – he's going to have about four or five 100-yard games. And with, uh, with having a lot to prove, yeah, I think he can do it with 12 games. I just don't see, think we're going to see him for 12 games because we have not, have not yet seen that in the past couple of years. I'll tell you this. Listen, the guy is, has the potential, you know, to be one of the greatest running backs ever. And, and I really don't like saying that because it's such a big thing. Um, and that's why I think that he could do it if given that situation. Uh, you know, we, we also have to remember that, you know, he's only had 1,000-yard season in his entire career. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we kind of got to give that a little bit. And so I will give your side a little bit of credence. But at the end of the day, I, I think this is a guy who's going to come out, he's going to be better than ever, uh, and he's going to give us his second 1,000-yard season of his career. Well, very well. I definitely hope you're right. I definitely think that a guy like D'Angelo Williams can do it. And, you know, another thing, I, something they were talking about right before uh, Le'Veon Bell was suspended, his suspension was announced, we actually had a fact that we were going to run on the show that week, that um, we are going to see a lot of sets with, with Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams sharing time in the very same backfield. I think that's also going to be a situation because, you know, when you have two horses like that, you could put them in at the same time and uh, really have a – have defenses on their heels. So I think that's uh, you're going to see D'Angelo Williams thriving a little more than he did last year when Le'Veon Bell is in the lineup. So it's going to be close. But you know what? 1,000-yard seasons do not really matter when you're looking at the fact that you're trying to win a Super Bowl. In 1995, when uh, the team went to the Super Bowl and uh, came – actually close to beating the Dallas Cowboys in Super Bowl 30. You know, they had a running back by committee. They had the, the two-headed monster of Byron Bam Morris and Eric Pegram. None of those guys had a 1,000-yard season that year, but that was a very productive running game. And I think that's what you're going to see in Pittsburgh this year with D'Angelo Williams, with Le'Veon Bell. And I think 1,000 yards is immaterial at this point. Um, but um, in the spirit of... Of the uh, the fact or fiction, I'm just going to say that it's not going to happen, and you're going to say that it is going to happen, and I hope you're right. And I always hope that you're right because you're the optimist on this show, and uh, <laughs> and that's your role. Listen, I, I, I try to be a realist on this show. I think, you know, it's definitely nice to be optimistic, uh, but you also got to be realistic. And uh, I think it is definitely within the realm of possibility of this happening. By the way, Brian, last number – uh, for the night, Bell, average yards per game rushing, 79.3. He is the team leader. Okay, so I said 81, so I was pretty close. Um, <laughs> hey, not, not bad uh, for remembering. How about that? Uh, so let's see. That is six facts and uh, a whole bunch of fictions in there and a lively debate. And once again, the show is brought to you by – Frank Walker Law, Zach. Frank Walker Law, one of the top criminal defense firms in western Pennsylvania and West Virginia and home to one of the nation's top 100 ranked trials attorneys in Frank Walker. For his PA office, call 412-212-3878 or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304-712-2089. You should also check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com, to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. We're also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them, www.centerfieldsmoke.com. Brian, thank you very much uh, for having me here once again. It's been a great night. Uh, but I believe you've got a final fact to throw at us. So for a change of pace, how about you give us yours? I will, Zach. Final fact of the night. The Pittsburgh Steelers should not hesitate to continue to rest their stars in the preseason. Look, 
I love watching Ben Roethlisberger play, but I do not want to see him play in the preseason whatsoever. We don't need to see him play. He, he's practicing. I don't want to see him risking an injury. Don't want to see Marquise Pouncey. Marquise is back. He's uh, looking good in camp. He's healthy this year. I do not want to see him get rolled up by HaHa Clinton Dix like he was last year, even though they're not playing the Packers. That's just the fact. I don't want to see him get rolled up by another player in a meaningless game. That's also a game where you saw a guy on the other side of the ball, Jordy Nelson, lost for the entire year. Look, it's not worth it to watch these guys play in this game. I don't want to see number 84. I don't want to see number 34. I don't want to see number 26. And you know what? I really don't even want to see number 92, even though he was one of the stars of the game the other night. Look, these guys are making the team. They're not going to be rusty when they're playing in camp. They're, uh, they're having lively practices, especially against another team like the Detroit Lions, where they, they play two games, I mean, not played two games, but they had two practices, joint practices with the Detroit Lions. Look, I love these guys. I want to see them from September all the way to February, but I don't want to see these guys in August. So if you ask me, don't play them at all, Mike Tomlin. Let's let these guys, these other guys that are vying for a job, that are fighting for their football lives, let them play and keep those guys on the bench in the preseason. Brian, I've got one that's a little bit different, and uh, I'm going to go towards our very first factor fiction question of the night, which was regarding Ladarius Green. And I'm going to say that he doesn't come back week one, but he will later in the season. But that very first week, it is not Matt Spath starting at the tight end position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is a man coming out of Happy Valley, a.k.a. Mr. Jesse James. He will be the Steelers starter in week one, and I will tell you why. Listen, this kid has proven, proven himself to be a formidable option over the middle. Uh, you know, he hasn't really had much of a chance to show it in pro games. You take a look at his stats. He only has one reception in an actual pro game. But I want to take you back to those days where he was at Happy Valley because if you look at the quality of years that he had, he was one of Penn State's most dominant tight ends ever. And he flourished in that over-the-middle spot. Uh, in his senior year, he caught 38 passes for 400 yards, an average of 10.4 receiving our, our yards poor catch. He has had himself the opportunity to flourish when put on a big stage as he was there playing in the Big Ten in some of the most elite defenses in college football. Now, the pro game is much different. I get it. I completely understand it. It's why I like pro football more than college. It's because it's just a better, higher-quality game. And I will tell you right now that I feel confident that Jesse James can step in and start in those weeks when Ladarius Green is not around. I'm not saying he's going to go out and give an A-plus performance like he did back uh, in Happy Valley, but he is going to have himself an opportunity to shine. Jesse James, week one starter. You can book it now. I love your final fact of the night. And I tell you what, I was watching number 81 a good bit, and I was watching him blocking. And he laid a, a few good blocks out on some runs. So he's, uh, he's not going to be Heath Miller, but he's doing his best to emulate him. And that is a good football player, and I'm excited of what he can bring. And I really feel he's going to do so. So whatever happens with Ladarius Green, I'd love to see them both on that team and both contributing because there's a lot of times when you're going to see two tight ends in the game and uh, very good tight ends. And especially Jesse James, this guy has a future in Pittsburgh. So I'm excited. Love your final fact. And I will agree with you completely on that one. Well, Brian, it was a lively night. Brian, really quick before we end the night, a final, final fact on Jesse James. His dad's name is Rick James, but is not the musical (laughs) performer. Uh, uh, you know what? I <laughs> I can't even follow that up. I don't know if anyone maybe thought that he was, you know, the musical performer's son. You know, considering that he's a you know white kid from Central Pennsylvania, and Rick James <laughs> is, you know, obviously the black soul musicianist and and hip hop or funk, I guess, not really hip hop. May he rest in peace. Yes. 
<laughs> Rick James, super freak. Ugh. And also, a guy who wrote and produced one of the uh, most entertaining songs of the 1980s. If you know anything about me, I am a 1980s music aficionado. And Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> that was a great <laughs> tune. And that was all Rick James. <laughs> so there we go. I don't think there's I don't think there's any relation as I don't think there's any relationship to the outlaw Jesse James either. But let's see if uh, Jesse and Rick could make their own legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? You never know. By the way, favorite thing about Rick James was his semi quote unquote appearance in the Chappelle show. Absolute classic. Oh. Yeah. yeah, those stories were true. I mean, especially with what Charlie Murphy was saying, because like I just mentioned, Eddie Murphy, Charlie Murphy was around Rick James a lot in those days. And uh, yeah, that was a short-lived show just because uh, Dave just got uh, fatigued doing the show. But that was really entertaining and really brought Rick James back. And uh, he was becoming very popular and he was starting to have a resurgence. And then he just passed away suddenly, right in the middle of that uh, the uh, the uh, Chappelle show when it was becoming prominent. So uh, that was a shame. We could have actually seen a, a great resurgence from a great character in uh, in Rick James. Um, I did some of those stories that I read in Rolling Stone of what he did to go to prison. They greatly scared me, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, we'll never know. We will never know what would have happened, but uh, very entertaining guy on those Chappelle days. No, absolutely. Rest in peace. But, hey, he said it best himself. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, Brian. That that might have had something <laughs> to do with it. Yeah, gosh. Those 70s and 80s, I, I can only imagine. <laughs> with that being said, uh, we somehow got to the uh, got to the king of funk, and uh, we went from Ladarius Green to Rick James, and I don't even know how we got there, but that's the glory of a podcast. So with that being said, thank you, Zach. It was a lively show. It's great to always hear your insight, and we are going to continue it. So please join us once again next week for the six-pack of, Sa- of Factor Fiction. Brian, thanks again for having me and for everyone out in Steelers Nation. We're looking forward to talking to you next week. And we want to hear from one man in particular. We want to hear from Bryce. No Bryce this week. That's tough. We will hear from Bryce next week. And uh, the uh, problem with the phone line, so I did not get a chance to open them up tonight. But uh, we will hear from uh, Bryce next week, I'm completely sure. In fact, uh, probably going to get an email from him wondering what happened, and that's my bad because just made a little mistake (laughs) here with the phones, but uh, we will fix that. So with that being said, for Zach Parnes, I am Brian Davis from Behind the Steel Curtain, and that's a fact check. See you next week. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.